All things automotive with the petrol head, Niku Smith. 20 to 9? <laughs> Sorry, Nico. You're on the couch with yeah, a cup of coffee. Are you there? I am here. I'm definitely on the couch. Um, I had to wait a little bit for power to come back on so I get my coffee. But uh, it's a lovely morning in Pretoria. So I had a cup of eo, eo, Rick coffee without milk today e, at uh, the SABC. Uh, uh, I know. You know, the things I do for yo. love, eh? Yo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That, yeah. yeah, the things you have to do, that, I mean, that's it. Yo. Yo. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so what did you have? Did you have a cortado? Did you have a cappuccino? I, I, did you, what did I you had have? A, I, I had a cortado. And yeah, it was just lovely. It was lovely to have a coffee. But you know, whatever works for you. Yeah. I, I always tease my parents. They love Frisco. And if it works for you, why not? So and if it whatever coffee works for you, your boat. Exactly. then it's all good. It's all good. So, Paul, how's it going? What's up? What are you thinking about with regards to cars? I saw this very mm. interesting research that was talking about cars in the States where mm. the most people in the States drive those big, fat Ford truck pickups. Yeah. I just thought that was interesting. And the least cars that were driven are the small, normal um, ones that most mm. of us drive here in South Africa. Exactly. The, 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 I mean, fuel is very cheap, I think, already compared to your salary. So that helps them a lot, um, because, uh, in, in, which is not really great for the environment when you've got big engines. But um, the, the trucks are, if I'm not mistaken, the F-150 is, I think, the most popular truck in the world, or in America, or the most popular car, the car that sells the most. Yeah. But actually, this, if I can dovetail on that, uh, it's interesting because yesterday I saw an article where Tesla has now released a Cybertruck, or they've now oh. made it available for the first few customers. So uh, the Tesla Cybertruck is basically the Tesla bucking, if I can make it it's really make it simple. So they've got what they call the Cybertruck. But there's not article, been there's been a terrible, terrible response to that truck, eh? You know, it, it's really interesting because um, the, the article is quite, uh, you know, there's a video that I saw and the guy reviews the vehicle, so he drives it. Yeah. And then talks a little bit about, to the designers about the vehicle. Um, and I find it quite interesting. Um, I'm not sure about the design yet. Um, but what is interesting is how it's disruptive, which is good for the motor industry, how it's completely different. How they said, listen, Elon Musk, um, say of him what you want. But he wanted a car that looks different <clears throat> to everything else. He wanted something that, this, you know, is not like all the other trucks in, in America, or let's call them buckies, so in South African speak. Um, so you wanted something completely different, and that is exactly what that is—a very minimalistic, very square and edgy, with stainless steel panels on the outside, so you only get it in one color, which is stainless steel. But they're quite thick these panels, so um, they—it um, it looks like they should send them into South Africa for people who are transferring money. It does look like that. What's interesting, <clears throat> excuse me, about that is that they actually bulletproof. Um, for certain vehicles, uh, mm. uh, weapons. So if you have, yes, I, I, I kid you not. So something like a Tommy gun, which is like a smaller machine gun, they actually, I saw a video on that, then shooting at it. So if it's a smaller handgun, um, like, in other words, not something, um, it actually is bulletproof. Obviously, not something like a 357 Magnum, you know, or an AK 47, but for s certain small arms, the vehicle is actually bulletproof. Um, and um, um, it's just, it's very minimalistic, so it's interesting. So whether you like it or not, what I like about it is how it's 
how, what Tesla does is how they interrupt the thinking where everybody's doing the same thing and they do something different. So as disruptors, I think it's fabulous. Um, and I think it's, a, it's interesting the way that how they designed this car, they've got very little time, so they sort of forced into decisions, so they make decisions quickly, whether they're good or bad. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting to check out the, the Cybertruck. I don't know, what do you think? It doesn't seem like you like it. Either. No, I think it looks absolutely, I, I think it looks like a military vehicle. So It does, but it, it's, it's, a lot of people want something that turns big. So if you want a car that looks different, if you want a car that stands out, I think no other car stands out like this one. Imagine you drive with that thing on the road. Um, so I think I think it's interesting, but what it's definitely, you know, I like the fact that, that it, it changes the way of thinking and the way that people think or look at things. I think that's a good thing for the motor industry. To shake things up is never a bad idea. Never a bad idea. Okay, what else did you want to talk about, Paul? <clears throat> Let, well, I'm always wondering which one I should, should cover, but let's talk about this. And um, while we are on, on electric cars, I read an article as well, which um, did research about fires in electric cars, because um, a lot of people have this idea that electric cars burn a lot, um, or they burn quite quickly, and they've seen um, electric cars, videos of electric cars on fire. Um, and, and in other words, the, the question is, do they burn, um, let's say, quicker than petrol or diesel cars? Yeah. Is that the truth? Um, so the, the research is actually quite clear. So they looked at countries where um, they have lots of electric cars, like Norway, yeah. for instance. So in Norway, they found out that electric cars, um, the fires in electric cars were 3.8 fires in 100,000 electric cars in 2022, and 68 fires in 100,000 cars for petrol um, or diesel, in other words, other fuels. In Australia, which I don't know how many electric cars they have, but they also had a, a, a research that said there's a 0.012% chance of uh, uh, firing in a, a petrol, uh, sorry, in an electric vehicle compared to a 0.1% chance in an internal combustion engine car. In other words, the research is showing that it is you're actually less likely to have a fire in an electric car than in an internal combustion engine car. But yeah. what's interesting is, People post videos a lot. So if an electric car burns, it's obviously going to get more hits. So people post them and that gets more hits. And yeah. sometimes just, I've seen, I've, I saw a video a while back and somebody sent this and look at this electric car burning. But you clearly see things exploding, which is, really looks like gas bottles exploding. So always, you know, if you can't really see what's happening, I always um, don't really trust these videos. So yeah. what is the truth, however, is if electric cars do burn, the, the intensity, the heat intensity is a lot more. So it's a lot of, uh, it's a much of hotter fire. Sometimes it's difficult to distinguish. Sometimes it can, looks like it dies down, but it can flare up again. So if they do burn, they do burn with a higher uh, ferocity. Um, the problem seems to come in when they look at things like electric scooters, um, because they say there's lots of uh, cheap electric scooters um, and you can fiddle with these things. And a lot of time people have fires in those. I've seen a few of those things just start burning, but they, they not do the same technology and safety standards as the cars. So they are, in other words, they said, if you have something like an electric scooter, maybe do not charge it in your house, but charge it outside. Oh, and then they tend to give the cars a bad name. But yeah. the cars less likely to, to catch fire than uh, electric cars and internal combustion engine cars. Jeez. 
Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you can use fact, so, but you know, it's you, like you're talking about promises. Maybe you can use it somewhere in the bright today. Yeah. We've got a <laughs> we've got a question here from Mohammed. Mm-hmm. Mohammed wants to know. Mohammed says I bought a Land Rover Discovery for SDV six. Mm-hmm. I want to confirm whether the serviceable items like spark plugs, brake fluid, and gearbox oil needs to be changed, as I'm unsure whether it was changed previously. Can a workshop um, determine this? So obviously it's a second-hand um, mm-hmm. Land Rover Discovery, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and it depends. So normally what happens is that the manufacturers now, they have everything on record. So you, you, you can, if you go to Land Rover, so I don't know where you live, um, you, you would be able to, to um, uh, from the VIN number, um, see where the car has been serviced, effectively serviced at Land Rover. So that, that's what I would do. So if it's my land and I'm worried about it, I go to Landover, say, listen, when was the last service? Can you pick it up in the system? So, so they're so, not going to, they won't tell you who the previous owner was, um, but they can tell you when the last service was, if it is on the system. If it's not on the system, it's a little bit more difficult. I mean, I'm sure if you, you, know, if you take the spark plugs out, you can have a look at them and see how new they are. Um, or you, I guess you could check the oil. But otherwise, things like gearbox oil doesn't have to be changed that often. So I don't know what the kilometers are. Um, but oil, things like oil and spark plugs, you know, they, they have, I think, I'm not sure what the Land Rovers, probably still also 15,000 kilometer service intervals. And yeah. if you're really worried and you do have the money at hand, then just, you know, do a service if you're really worried about it. Um, because I do still believe if you look after the car and it gets its service when it needs it, the car should look after you. But the problem as well is, I mean, it's not cheap. It's going to be a few thousand rands for those things. So it's also sort of a decision you have to make with a, Listen, okay, I'm just going to wait a little bit longer before I service it, or I do have the money. Let me replace these things I'm worried about in the service. But Gearbox will ask them what this, I'm not sure what your kilometers are, what is the interval for Gearbox oil? It isn't that often. So, just for clarity, um, what you're saying is that if you have a Land Rover, particularly I'm imagining in one of the newer ones, they are all on the system if they're getting um, serviced in the system. As opposed the same to... with, in theory, with every manufacturer right now, uh, it should yeah. be on the system. Uh, before, remember, we had those books and you had to stand from the book. Yeah. But all, all, all manufacturers have gone to, um, all, oh, I don't actually know any single manufacturer, but a lot of them have gone, especially the premium brand, we, Landover's part of that, or Audi, BMW, Mercedes-Benz, Javier, Landover, um, Volvo, they all um, would have that on their system. If the car is serviced there, they can check on the system when it was serviced where it was serviced and what was replaced. Um, so, okay. I mean, I, as an example, my car, um, I bought last year, December, remember I bought a, a second-hand car, and the car is yeah. quite a few years old, but as the, um, the guy went to the manufacturer, the guy actually had a schedule, and he was like four pages of every single thing that was done on the car. Jeez, so when was, it, when was the service? Uh, okay, they, they came, it came into it, it came into brake pads, or when were the wipers replaced? Yeah. So, yeah, so it's possible to see from the manufacturer, but I don't know every single one, but it's worth, I mean, yeah. I'm well, sure Landover sounds like you could do it, yeah. Yeah, Landover yeah. would, I'm sure. Okay, Nico, we've got to go to a break, but before we go to a break, I do feel that I should read this um, S- WhatsApp for you because it's really rather fabulous. Um, Jenny says, hello, Michelle. I've just got to say this. Nico would make the most delightful son-in-law, but sadly I have no more single daughters. P.S. <laughs> I never miss listening to his advice Ray cars either. So there we go. Maybe... Oh, that's very kind. Maybe she's single. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> 
all things automotive with the petrol head, Nico Smith. Ah, Nico. Okay, we've got a tweet for you saying, Good morning, Mum Michelle and Brother Nick. When the car gets old, like more than five years and plus 200 kilometers, I'm assuming he says he's thinking 200,000 kilometers. What engine parts can I change um, so that the fuel and petrol consumption, which is currently high, can get lower? Oh, I, I, don't, don't change the engine parts. I mean, the, the car just needs, a, a, needs to have its services all the time. So I'm not sure um, what the engine size is. If you can let us know the engine size, that would help. Yeah. Michelle, you, yeah. So in other words, um, I, I, I would say um, the car needs its services. So it's a petrol, right? If it's spark plugs, when, it need, when it's time for that, it needs oil when it's time for that. Or when something breaks, replace it immediately if you can financially do it. Yeah. Um, the tire pressures, um, if they're too low, that's going to you know, have a small effect. But the car is what it is. So if it's a 3-litre petrol engine, it is going to be heavy on fuel. There's not much you can do about it. You can try and drive, you know, get to a higher gear quickly. But 3-litres you know, are always going to be much heavier than, let's say, a 1,400 diesel, as a, as a simple example. So if it's a bigger engine, that's what you live with. But I wouldn't be spending money on replacing parts. If you want to, because the car's got um, 200,000 kilometres, um, if you can, put away, and you're in a great position, better than me, put some money away every month. So if it's time, if something does break, that you can replace it immediately. But I, if you just stick to the services, don't replace things. I don't think it's necessary. Um, okay. Don't spend money on that. No. Okay, so now um, here's a question which is linked to that. And I suppose it, it's, mm. it's, what happens if your car is, say, like five years old and you've only done 20,000 kilometers? Does one sell that car or does one keep that car? No, that's a, um, I would. <laughs> I would say I guess keep it if you. There's nothing wrong with it, especially if it's only got twenty thousand kilometers. I've got a friend, and she's got a car that uh, is in the same situation. You know, it's got it's a, it's a great car. Yeah. It's got low kilometers. She doesn't drive a lot, and and you know, and and I think you know this. It's a difficult one because keep it, you, especially once you get to the point where it's paid off. But there's also, and, the op, and it's got low kilometers. You should get lots of, you know, you get good money for it. Yeah. But there's an opposite side to this as well, where if you're buying a car and you're used to your installment every month and you can afford it, if you get out of the system, and, and that's just, let's say that's a one side, then you're not used to paying that. And eventually, if you want to replace again, it's kind of difficult to get back into that. So if you can, keep your car, then put that money aside um, yeah. and save it as a deposit for when you're going to buy a new car. But, you know, so in other words, do you want a new car again? But, you know, in these financial times, it's, all of us are feeling the pinch. So you're in a great position if you can do that. But it's not necessary if the car is five years old at 20,000 Ks. You know, it's, it's just um, the car is, you know, it's, it's going to last you a long time. As long as it yeah. gets its services every year, all good. Okay. So now um, Zahida has asked, hi, Michelle and Nicole. Nicole. Our Vita <laughs> went for a service last week, but on the way back, back home, which is an hour from the garage, there was a notice on the dashboard to fill with one litre engine oil. That doesn't sound right, Shirley. No. Don't call me Shirley. At first, we call and then you call me Shirley. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that wasn't so funny. Uh, so, um, pretty so pretty Shirley lame, says, but there we go. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> so Shirley said, when you get home, just check the oil. So in other words, wait for the car to stand still. Yeah. Um, the dipstick, I don't know how mechanically inclined you are, 
but the owner's manual will tell you exactly where the oil should be. Yeah. Um, if the car stood for a while, pull out the dipstick and have a look where the oil is. Yeah. So the oil has, it, it, it normally has a little, a two dents or two holes, and it, it should be at the full mark. So when you pull out the dipstick, the oil should be at the full mark and not past it. If it's fairly far below that, then they, they forgot to put in the oil. Maybe they uh, uh, put in the oil, but they forgot to take the notes. So yeah. just have a look when the car is standing still um, where the oil is, and just your owner's manual tells you exactly where that level should be. Yeah. And it should be there, especially the car just out of service. It shouldn't be below yeah, that. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be, be exactly yeah. there. And yeah. then if, they, if the oil is half full, I'd be phoning that um, service department, and I'd tell them, thank you very much. This is what I love. Please bring my oil because I'm not driving to you. Um, to you know, bring my oil to my house and come for it, yeah. and you missed it. Yeah, cool. Okay. Okay. Then quickly before we close off, Luando says, "Hi, Michelle and Nico. The guy who's asking what parts to change. There aren't any to change. What he could do though is service the car and make sure the air intake manifold is cleaned." Yeah, I mean, a normal service, uh, the car should be checked. So a normal service, they check everything. Um, you know, in the car to see, is it okay? In other words, they should check the air filter, uh, the fuel filter. Well, they don't necessarily check the fuel, but they do check all the filters. So um, if your car just goes through normal service, um, and let's say it's uh, um, 200,000 kilometers service, do what needs to be done. So if, they, if, if the manufacturer says, at your 200,000 kilometers service, let's say, replace the camel, then replace the camel. So just yeah. do what needs to be done at the services, and let them according to their schedule, replace those things, I think that's fine. That's what I would, yeah. this is my car, that's what I would do. Okay, fantastic. And then uh, I see that Frank has um, sent us a dad joke. Can I ask you? What, oh, what do you love... call What do you call a Mexican who has lost his car? Carlos. <laughs> How did you know? No, I just thought about Carlos saying since he's a small one driver, just came to me. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually my, he's one of my favorites, so maybe he just, he's just, luck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Well, I, can end with, I can end with a dad joke as well, but that's not good. Yeah, end with a dad joke, because we've still got like about a minute, so you might as well just like play around. Okay, I'll go, okay what's the difference between a hippo and a zippo? A hippo? And a zippo. A zippo as in like a zippo lighter? Yeah. Um, I have no so idea. The one is very heavy, and the other one is a little lighter. Oh, Ian. The one I is very like, heavy, and the other one is a little lighter. Yes, <laughs> I told you it's a dad joke. You were going for a dad joke. Okay, I think we need to like um, have a couple of dad jokes next week as well, okay? Because we need some lightness of being as we move into the December Silly yeah, but you've season. got to really put in effort to laugh at these things. Otherwise, you'd I, I am putting in effort. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> okay, does that work for you? <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Nico, we'll see you next week on the couch with a cup of coffee. Hope that uh, the no and <laughs> and a bad dad joke. That's what we like yep. to work for. Nico, okay. our petrol head, he'll be back again, same time, same place next week with lots of dad jokes. And guys, you're welcome to send yours in as well. Because as silly as they are, they really are a lot of fun.